Welcome to the UFC Commentaries, UFC 12 Judgment Day. I feel like they're all called Judgment Day Edition. I'm Chris Wardell, he's Greg Crone, and we're back here for another week of UFC action. Gregory, are you excited for Judgment Day? I couldn't be more excited, Chris. It's it's, it's a, the first time that they're really bouncing into two different tournaments in one evening. Right, so, right. It, well, let's get started. Then we'll then we'll talk about what's going on. We should point out that this is gonna, you know, we're always uh, striving not to be too long on this, so we are gonna cut out the Yoshihiki Takahashi versus Walid Ishmael fight, which is in the lightweight tournament. That's a lightweight tournament first round matchup, and uh, you know, as you pointed out to me a couple of moments ago before we started taping. The uh, the winner of that doesn't go on anyway, so we're not really missing anything. Yeah, it, it goes to a decision, and, and Takahashi broke his hand during the fight, so they, they removed him from the tournament. All right, let's jump into our first fight, which is going to be Jerry Bolander, Rainy Martinez, awesome name, Rainy Martinez. And uh, let me know when you're ready to go. I'm ready. Let's go, then. So here we are. We kick off Judgment Day. It really, I feel like every single one of the, wow, that's that's interesting. <laughs> every single one of these is called basically the same thing. Dude, they, they, all, they all really surround like weird 90s t-shirt brand, like brand names or like yeah. things you would see on like a 90s t-shirt. <laughs> or uh, the, the subtitle of a Terminator movie. Yeah, I'm waiting for like UFC 16, no fear, you know, something something just ridiculous. Superman, Rainy Martinez wearing the uh, the old Superman shirt. Oh, I like this. Six foot, 195, 33 years old from Tucson, Arizona. Get all that information out there right away while the, the fighter's walking to the ring. That's certainly Yeah, instead of a tail of the tape thing. Yeah, they're terrible. They're either too fast, too slow. They've just, they never figured out the tail of the tape. It eventually makes its return, and it's used pretty much universally now. But back then, uh, I was going to say when they first showed the title card for Bolander Martinez, go ahead and, and read this if you want. Randy Martinez is a wrestler with takedowns and shoot. Um, okay, he Matt work. This is not well written. Matt work. These are the bullet points: takedown, shoot, Matt work, Arizona State champ, eighty eighty one, and a fourth thing which I didn't get to. Something about being an amateur kickboxer. Uh, I'm what also I was an saying, amateur kickboxer. I think everybody is. Exactly. I haven't, um, I haven't gone professional yet, but I plan to. What I was saying before that popped up, the the, the title card with yeah. the, the verses in like a uh, exploding like firework thing uh, <laughs> looks like they made it in like PowerPoint, but like the original version of PowerPoint. Like you could put a text box inside of a clip art picture. Sure. It was really good. All right, Bo Lander is 22 years old, 5'11". Hey, it goes a little bit fast. 5'11", 195, I believe, and from Livermore, California, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty close. It was either 195 or 199, either way. Well, he, he is within the 195 to 200-pound weight class. Yeah, we'll put, him, we'll put him at that. Who does this guy look like? Because it's kind of I, driving me nuts. Yeah, he, he has a familiar face. Like He's almost like a really, really bad Matt Damon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who this channel. There, there's, is. there's somebody better than that, and I, I don't know who it is. Serious security for Bolander. I think he's worried about being attacked on his way to the ring. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. 
fighting out of the lion's den, which was Ken Shamrock's organization. Oh, shit. You know, it was basically training center and his gym. Anybody who fought out of there was, was his guy. Obviously, you could tell because he dresses just like Ken. Just, yeah, uh, his, Bolander uh, really stripping down. Yeah, his underwear isn't red like Ken's. <laughs> well, all right. Well, he's a, a submission fighter, is Jerry Bolander. And the bullet points are joint locks, choke holds, takedowns, ground game. I got to say, I liked the other facts a little bit more than these. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> It's, oh, here we go. Oh, Taylor yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought we were getting rid of it, but we're not. I was right, Livermore, California, and uh, you were right. Jerry Bolander was 199 pounds to to Rainy Martinez's 195. Ah, we were both close, Chris. Martinez is 50% older than Bolander, however. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely a little bit of the older fighter. The interesting thing... This guy's Manny Garcia ringing out. Yeah, he's back again. Back again after his appearance at UFC 11 and a half. Well, he's out to support Rainy Martinez, of course. I'm sure. Why is Michael Scott behind him? Uh, That has nothing to do with the fact that you were watching The Office right before I called for it. (laughs) No, it doesn't. That guy actually looks like Michael Scott. A little little bit. He's got that very, like, stoic, weird disposition. It's like Michael Scott mixed with Marv Albert. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Also, uh, I believe this is the UFC that was originally scheduled to happen in Buffalo, New York, mm. and then was moved um, like last minute to Dothan, Alabama. Sure. Um, based on some rulings uh, and bans, and then the UFC would never return to New York City or New York State until uh, uh, just recently, within the last year or so. Based on uh, legal precedent. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So uh, can we assume that Bolander, in that he's a, a, a sort of a disciple of Ken Shamrock, is going to be just super boring wrestling? Uh, I mean, potentially. I mean, he has in the past when we've seen him. He's definitely been Wait, willing to stand and throw. There's in a couple of different ones. I do not, not remember that. But be I believe you. I certainly believe you. I just yeah. do not. He made no impression on me whatsoever. Yeah, not super memorable, but you know, definitely, definitely uh, has appeared in the UFC before. Uh, but he, I think I remember him like, you know, leading out with striking, and then if he had to take him, taking his opponent down. But we'll see what happens in this one. Frank Shamrock in the corner of uh, Jerry Bolander makes sense. The uh, the brother of Ken Shamrock. And the fight is on. By the way, oh. Uh, what's his name? Marv Albert, Michael Scott looks super bored. By the way, I believe I believe his name is Kurt Shearer. I think his name tag says. I can't really tell, and I, I think he's judging, but he might also be sleeping. Well, you know those two things. Oh, there you go, Bolander going yeah. for the the quick takedown on Rainy Martinez, which will almost certainly be the name of my first child. <laughs> what amazes me in this in this situation is is he was throwing leg kicks with shoes on. Mm. I. I don't understand the rules at this point where you can wear shoes, but you can also still kick. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I feel like having the shoes on and throwing kicks gives you a little bit more of an advantage. Well, there are no rules. Technically. <laughs> we Last week, we saw a guy just try to headbutt his opponent into submission. That is true. It's human cockfighting, Greg. Oh, t- see, now you sound like John McCain. <laughs> well, he is my biological father. Well, that's, a, that's a rumor I'm starting. 
Uh, well, I mean, listen, if it gets if it gets picked up, who knows how far it'll go. I think I'm a solid candidate to be the next president of the United States. <laughs> Bolander with a nice scramble of Martinez and now locking in a rear naked choke that is a uh, uh, tap. We got a tap. Rainey, the thousand taps. He tapped with both hands at separate times. Yeah. Rainey was done with that. Jerry Bolander is excited. Got a little, uh, a little kiss on the cheek in celebration. Frank, Frank Shamrock had to give him a little bit. Uh, Frank Stallone, Frank Shamrock, whoever. Close enough. They're the same person. Yeah, Bolander really mopping the f- uh, his opponent. Damn, that dude is a monster. Who was who was that yeah. giant fellow? I, I have no idea, but he had a huge upper body. He, okay, so Rainey's getting a little uh, little post fight checkout. Was Dan it Don Fox, Fry? I think it's Don Fry. Don Fry. Uh, he is. Uh, he's taking on the Gary Gergich slash. <laughs> Gary Gergich slash uh, <laughs> Gary Goodrich uh, <laughs> role of just. Being there for every Train single, every every fighter. single fighter's corner, yeah. That's why he's oh, a Hall man. of Famer. What a and eventually yeah, I mean, becomes absolutely. mayor of Pawnee. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Spoilers for uh, <laughs> a season of Parks and Rec that aired four years ago. Who could have seen that coming? Good old Gary, Jerry, Larry, Terry. <laughs> I've tried to get Jim O'Hare uh, on the podcast before, but I have not uh, been successful. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to start finding a little more success with some of this, though, coming up. God willing, Gregory. God willing. All right, well, we're just going to be watching replays here, so let's uh, let's get out of this. What is our next fight? Oh, we're going to post-fight interview. That does not interest me, especially since we can't hear audio. What is our Who next was the guy interviewing? I already, I already backed away out of it. Me too. I, I, uh, they didn't cut over to the interviewer, just the interviewee. By the time I exit out, but we can see after the next fight because I'm sure that's not going to be a one-time thing. Yeah, probably not. The next, the next one up would actually we'll jump right into the finals. Uh, we'll we'll see uh, Jerry Bo again this time taking on uh, alternate Nick Sanzo. So this is a four-man tournament. It's a four-man tournament. Yeah, just semifinals and a final. That's why that's why they decided to put two uh, two tournaments together for this. Well, and especially since the fact that this is going to last about four minutes. All right, uh, let's uh, let me know when you are ready to proceed, and we will do just that. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, four-man tournament. That's that's kind of boring. Uh, Bolander, twenty-two, one ninety-nine, five eleven, Livermore. Nick Sanzo, Jiu-Jitsu, thirty-four years old, one ninety-five foot nine, from Niskayana, Niskayana, New York. This guy looks like a New Yorker. He's got the little Punisher tattoo on his upper arm. He's ready to go. <laughs> Bo Lander, he's just focused. How I mean, yeah, Tom- I feel... How about Thomas Jane? Do you see some Thomas Jane in Jerry Bolander? I do see a little Thomas Jane. I will get... Yeah, I could see that. Got Thomas Jane on my mind as the, uh, as the series iteration of The Mist is now on television, and it's terrible. Oh, I thought maybe you were watching... Arrested Development or the movie 61. 61's a great movie. Uh, 61 yeah. is a great movie. I think he was in that third season of Arrested Development and uh, I kind of checked out a little bit. That's That was the Charlize, Charlize Theron season. Which yeah. That was pretty stupid. It was. But uh, great show otherwise. Oh, yeah, I, overall. Though, can I tell you, it, it's not one of those shows like 
The Office, Parks and Rec, uh, 30 Rock, even like something like The League. I can go back and I can watch a lot. But I, can, See, I can't really go back and watch Arrested Development. I, I go through periods with Arrested Development. Sometimes it'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go back and just watch all of them because it's easy because it's only really like three seasons. Yeah. Because the, the, the oh. Netflix season is just trash. Uh, sorry for anybody who thinks that that's good. It's, it's trash. All right. The fight but, is on. You're right. The, the fourth season is kind of trash. Although the upcoming fifth season promises to be a little bit more like the earlier seasons. I know there were major scheduling issues with that fourth season. And uh, happy we got it, but it was not good. What a weird position that Bo Lander is in right now. Well, Sanzo went for like a single leg takedown, and, and it was like a partial sprawl and then a, like a stuff of a takedown. Sanzo just – oh, boy. Sanzo is taking some Oof. shots to the noggin with the, the, at the knee of Jerry Bolander. And Sanzo also got a big hand – oh, and the championship is now Jerry Bolander's apparently. Jerry Bolander with a neck crank taking home the lightweight tournament. Congratulations, Jerry. I know. I could you could we be more could we be more congratulatory of of him? So Nick Sanzo gets comes into the finals after not you know obviously didn't earn his way there. Well, and he did win an alternate bout, the, in, but he didn't. He, yeah, an alternate bout is not a, the regular bout, and he lasted thirty five seconds. That that puts him at a total of seventy to eighty seconds because he knocked his first guy out in forty eight seconds. Well, that would have been more interesting. Probably. Have we ever seen Nick Sanzo again? Uh, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> well, Nick, you know, it was nice while we had you in our lives. All 38 seconds of it. All 38. And Bo Lander is just, he's uh, excited. I mean, not exactly <laughs> a hard day's work for Jerry Bo Lander. I mean, he was only in the cage for about two minutes. So, I mean, not a not a bad payday, I'm sure. I'm sure he made, you know several tens of thousands of dollars for this several tens of thousands of dollars yeah i like how they just like show the guy interviewing him i just want to see who the interviewer is well they showed it really briefly since i don't really care about this i'll go back a little bit oh i'm sorry you're actually you're absolutely i know it is okay it is joe rogan so it is the first the first appearance of joe rogan on as in the ufc in his original position as the after fight uh interviewee wait that Oh, wow, that is a that baby is, Joe Rogan. That is a news radio Joe Rogan. A very different, different look for Joe Rogan. I was going to argue with you that that actually wasn't him, and then I realized, oh, right, this is 21 years ago. Joe Rogan's going to look different. Yeah, I, fi- I, knew, I knew it was coming up at some point where he, he would make his debut, and, and this, is, this is the card. So that's crazy that he's technically been a part of the UFC for – you know, 21 years <laughs> and started out as just their their post-fight interview guy and now is basically their lead color commentator. All right. Well, congratulations to Jerry Bolander, the, uh, the lightweight champion of UFC 12. We're going to move on to the heavyweight division. And uh, when we say heavyweight, we're, of course, talking about Scott Ferrazzo. Uh, do we want to do the Scott Ferrazzo fight first? We could do that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> it wasn't. I was just a stupid thing I said. Not really a segue, but we can go in any order you want there. Uh, oh, why not? We'll do Scott Ferrazzo first. And this is uh, versus Vitor Belfort? No, Jim Mullen. Well, congratulations to Scott Ferrazzo on his victory. <laughs> oh, I love it, Chris. All Every right. week. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We've got Scotty versus... 
I mean, look, this happened 21 years ago, so it's not like we're really giving anything away, but it is what it is. Uh, sure. Scott Farrell, so I I guess theoretically we could just, I could watch the whole card, but that would be a, a logistical nightmare. <sighs> UFC Fight Pass. You, you take my money every month and you can't give me a <laughs> functional UI. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, UFC Fight Pass is stepping up its game. Uh, Scott Ferrazzo, what's this guy's name? Jim Mullen. Let me know when you're ready. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. So you were you you're pretty excited about this Dana White's Tuesday Contender series. Yeah. So first of all, before I comment on that, Scott Ferrazzo looks. The picture is like they like got him candid like before he was like about to get married. Like what? <laughs> is it, it's like a weird collar on him that kind of looks makes him look like he's wearing like a suit jacket and like a, a shirt. Well, I don't know what's going on. I well, I think he's like an extra. He's like a background guy at the Bada Bing from The Sopranos. <laughs> Jim Mullen has a golf shirt on with, with no buttons on it, or he has a sweater over the golf shirt that is right up to his neck. Yeah, I think I think you're right with the second one. I think that's sweater over polo shirt. Wow, it's a good look. Impressive. It's a good look. <laughs> I mean, he's got the the coiffed hair. He's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, that's an outfit you'll see today, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Contender Series, is it's, it just launched on Tuesday. Mm. Um, and it's basically just like five fights every week. And I didn't even know this, because I don't think it was mentioned. I, they made a big point to say that this was separate from the UFC. These guys aren't UFC fighters. Uh, Dana White had to go out and get his own promoter's license, even though it airs on Fight Pass. Mm. It All the fights happen in UFC's... Jim uh, in Vegas where they filmed the ultimate fighter, but these guys aren't actually contracted UFC guys. Um, but go right, ahead, just, give... just real quick, I want to point out that Jim Mullen has devastating kicking power. <laughs> Upper body boxing strategy, too. Knockout capability 16 and 1 as a pro kickboxer. Much better than an amateur kickboxer, the last guy we saw. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so basically it's totally separate from the UFC, but not really. Um, but the cool concept is, is that there's five fights every week mm-hmm. and Dana White gives out one contract, at least one multi-fight contract to one of the participants. Uh, of course, week one, we went right away from that concept and now he's given out two contracts from it. But, um, the idea, the idea behind it is, is really a cool concept. And obviously it all depends on the fights themselves. This week, you know, there was three different finishes. One dude got choked unconscious, and then sure. there was two, two pretty good knockouts. Um, and even even the the only real fight that was kind of a, a, a bore fest was the first one, um, the the real the, the flyweight guys. Um, but the the even the fight that went to distance was probably your fight of the night, just because those guys went at it for three rounds. And actually, the guy that won that fight was one of the guys that got uh, one of the contracts. It, it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> Scott I'm Ferrazzo sorry, kills Scott, me. Scotty F is coming out with the slogan "Back for More," and which a, and a, I can only imagine refers to Scotty at the the All You Can Eat buffet. Dude, the fact that he the fact that he had the custom made windbreaker with UFC down the arm is really that's really tough awesome. too because that's a look at the custom issue. shirts that he made for his supporters that says that say UFC. Yeah, that's tough. That, that's a giant licensing issue. You have to get a lot of clearances. Look, Scott Ferrazzo is a headhunter. He's, he's ring deadly and street lethal, a power striker, a power ranger, and anything goes. Ring deadly and street lethal. 
No wonder they thought this was human cockfighting. <laughs> All right, Scotty's 32, 323, 5'11 from Minnesota. Mullen, a kickboxer, 27, 215, 6'1 from Simi Valley, California. I mean, what a... <laughs> I can't get over that. I really can't get Uh-oh, over that. Oh, it's the tank. Oh, we're bringing him into the broadcast booth. This sound, this is probably a great idea. Yeah, I can only imagine the brilliant insights brought on by one... Jonathan Gregory Tank Abbott. I'm pretty sure his first name's Dave, but for, that's fine. Give it a shot. <laughs> you were close. Well, in that, I named a name. <laughs> you had a one in like six million shots. So, you know, take what you can get, Chris. Shoot or shoot. That's exactly right. And sometimes you just throw balls at people from the foul line. Um, the, the best. <laughs> the absolute best. Oh, Tank Abbott. <laughs> I want to see I want to see Tank Abbott and Harold Howard just as a two man broadcasting team. <laughs> who's the color guy in that? Or who? I mean, I guess who's the play by play guy? I guess they're both color guys. I think I think Tank has got to be the play by play guy. I don't you don't I don't think Harold Howard keeps it together long no. enough for uh for it not to be that situation. No, he's plotting his next alleged murder. Well, hey, what can you do? Or attempted attempted alleged murder. I would not try to murder anybody wouldn't be what i would try to do but you know i like the old That's... woman who's behind tank abbott to tank abbott's left like what is she doing there and what series of events led her to being at the ufc event this evening i mean she looks thrilled honestly yeah. to be there um I, there i mean she had to like just be taken there with her like take her son or grandson there because i mean there's just no way that that she's there uh, well, of her own free volition I can kind of understand it, because if you get word that Scott Ferrazzo's in town, you want to go see him. I know, especially last minute, like, this this event came together. <laughs> I love the guy flashing the Four Horsemen sign in the background. What a random WCW slash NWA slash Jim Crockett shout-out. Is that the, the guy with the glasses? Yeah, who, okay. who has the, he had the four fingers up, and you couldn't see it in the last shot because his, uh, his, his hand was above the camera view. Wow. But excellent, excellent. It really, I mean, WCW, how did they ever go out of business? I don't know, Gregory. I do not know. Manny Garcia introducing our fighters. I just can't wait to see what, what Scotty brings to the table this time. Scotty's got some longer fights, and that, I'm always interested in that because he does not seem like someone who would go the distance. No, he's, he's not built for stamina, you wouldn't think, but it turns out, Turns out Scotty can last. That Tank Abbott brawl went on for what, eighteen minutes or so, something like that. And that was just not, two weeks ago. Yeah, not your standard eighteen-minute fight. No, not even a little bit. No, we were just throwing, throwing haymakers. I'll, I'll tell you what. Here, who's this guy? Jim Mullen. Jim Mullen is uh is not. I mean, look, he's not Scott Ferrazzo in terms of physique for sure, but like he could tighten up. Yes, yeah, there's, there's some jiggling. I was gonna say he could he could he could use a couple tone tone sessions just to really kind of bring it all together. Little, uh, little Did Ferrazzo add a tattoo since we last saw him? I, I feel like those tattoos on his chest were not there previously. I don't remember. You know, I don't spend. I mean, that is a pretty significant tattoo. Was he was he shirtless last time? Oh he, yeah, he was definitely shirtless. Happy birthday to Irene! Happy by the birthday, way. Irene! I'm going to set a, set a reminder on my phone to say happy birthday to Irene every year. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, 
Uh, that lady had a sign that said Oregon to New York to Alabama, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what happened. It was originally scheduled for Oregon, then they were going to move it to New York, and then uh, it got moved to Alabama. So great, great historical reference there. The fight. Oh my goodness! Is, that, is Ferrazzo that... fighting in joggers? What? I don't. I was just that gut is just uh, hanging over the pants. Again, and Ferrazzo gets him right down, landed a pretty big punch right away. And now this is the fight Ferrazzo wants, put yeah. all of his weight on him and just and just really try to punish him. He's wearing, like, leggings, which <laughs> is an interesting move for a man of 323 pounds. Yes, kindly listed at. He's trying to push Jim Mullen through that cage. That's his technique, Chris. We saw him do it to Tank Abbott. It's the old meat grinder move. <laughs> Ugh. Back Jesus. for Morris, Scotty. You're right. That is a weird decision for Ferrazzo in terms of in terms of pants. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess black oh is God. supposed to be slimming, but the, it's uh, <laughs> this is not a situation where slimming is going to apply. No, not even a little bit. Like, because the pants are obscured by his gut hanging over them. <laughs> oh, oh Scott my God! Ferrazzo. That's such an unfortunate angle. Yeah, it's a get tough him, Scotty. Look, oh. Mullen landed a pretty nice right hand that coming made, back at him. Just made Scott angry. Nothing else. Just just got him angry, and now he's going to push him through the cage. Ferrazzo basically using the Randy oh Couture technique of pressing your opponent up against the cage and using your, your grappling ability to eventually wear them down. I, I mean, this is, this is a man with talent before his, before, before his time right here. Can I tell you, just looking at what's going on right now, I'm surprised there's never been like a very significant... Like spinal or neck injury. Well, you mean against the cage? Well, just in, in the UFC in general, because it feels like, given the right amount of pressure, it'd be. I mean, look, it's obviously breaking someone's neck is not as easy as it looks like in the movies, where a guy just walks up to somebody, twists a neck, and the dude's dead. But given the all the force here, it seems like it would not be impossible. Oh man, knee to the face, not be impossible to uh, accidentally break somebody's neck in one of these fights. Yeah, it would be it would be rather difficult honestly uh, to to do it, but I, I mean there's certainly always an opportunity. There's there it's sort of a anything can happen situation, you know. I don't know. Look at the position we're in right now where well Ferrazzo had Mullen in that sort of like I don't know, like armbar kind of thing, show whatever it is. Yeah, sort of like a guillotine kind of situation. Yeah, if if he were to lift and then Mullen came down wrong. Like, you could break his neck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Human the, cockfighting. <laughs> That's why Big Big John's there. Papa. <laughs> oh, man. Ferrazzo really using his way to his advantage, though. Yeah, I would say so. Who is That guy is going to be back for more later. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. When, because uh, I think Scott Ferrazzo may advance. We're gonna find out, Chris. What I don't. So this is just try and stay alive. That's basically Jim Mullen's technique at this point. I, I mean, it's almost like you have to. At oh. this point, you have to just kind of oof. You have to just kind of like try and rope a dope the situation, take as little damage as possible, and hope Ferrazzo eventually tires out. Because you're not winning a decision if it stays like this. So I don't know. It's tough to say take as little damage as possible when a 325 pounder is is wailing on you i know yeah it's not like ferrazzo is missing with these punches he's no. he's he's landing them pretty clean right to mullen's face 
Yes, that's a, a, a tough to miss from this uh, distance. <laughs> and he's uh, uh, Mullen oh, is taking man. some absolutely nasty knees to Ooh. the face. Man, Big John, you almost have to step in there. Those knees are, like, yeah, they're partially blocked by his arm, but, dude, he's not fighting back even in the least. And this guy, the guy with the camera is trying to catch a death. He's well, all right, Mullen gets back to his feet at least. What is, uh, he's got a little little laceration. Oh, look at Scotty. He's got a cut on his back as well. Get him, Scotty. Scotty slams oh. him, and here uh, we go. Wow. Okay, so that blood is not from Frazzo. That blood is coming from the mouth of Jim Mullins. Yeah, that's not surprising. A bunch of knees and punches in the face. I, I love this. his head directly on Mullins' mouth and nose, so Mullins basically can't breathe. Hmm. It's... This, Ferrazzo really is, honestly, you know, uh, before his time with some of the techniques. I mean, obviously, I don't think a lot of it's on purpose. No. Uh, I think a lot of it's dumb luck. But yeah. he's really doing a lot of the things that, that you would see fighters do today in certain situations. You know, using his head to get in his opponent's face on the ground. You know, working the body as as well as the head. I mean, it's it's actually somewhat impressive for, for a guy like Ferrazzo with, I'm sure, limited mixed martial arts training. Have we established how long Ferrazzo sticks around in the UFC? I don't think it's much longer, but I, I don't know exactly. It seems like he's fairly successful when we see him. Yeah, I mean, he made, he, I think he made, did, did he make a final? No, it would have to be a semifinal against Tank Abbott. Um, yeah, he made a semifinal against Tank Abbott. I mean, he wins fights. What are you going to do? Let's see what's going on with Scotty F. And he 50, wears 52 years outfits. old, Scotty, nicknamed the Pitbull. Wait, what is this weird thing? What in the world am I looking at? I don't I'm looking, know. I'm looking at like a street fight from 2011. It's like a backyard street fight. Ferrazzo's in it? Between Tank Abbott and Scott Ferrazzo. Uh, this is something I'm going to have to find after the show. Oh, is that is that Ferrazzo? Yeah, that is Ferrazzo. I mean, does it's he like, look the it same? Looks like a, it looks like it's just a recording of two guys fighting in somebody's backyard, it looks like. Gotta love that. Trying to steal the Kimbo Slice uh, fame. Tank still looks very similar to, to what he does in the ring. Scott is not holding up as well. Tank still <laughs> got the, the significant beard. A little more weathered from, uh, from Ferrazzo? Uh, yeah... I mean, look, it says that's Scott Ferrazzo. I'm not 100% sure it is, although they are. This, it's very similar to the fight we saw last week where these are just two guys standing in the middle of a backyard while there's, like, a, a grill in the, in the background. This might be a cookout, <laughs> honestly. And they are just throwing haymakers at each other. Do you, do you think Tank just was walking down a street, saw a cookout, and figured, I'm going to go try and fight someone? Or vice or... versa. Could have been Ferrazzo. <laughs> I'm looking at, right now I'm watching Tank Abbott. Yeah. Tank Abbott pounds Scott Ferrazzo while Scott Ferrazzo pounds Jim Mullen. <laughs> it's like Ferrazzo Inception. Yes, yes it is. And <laughs> Tank looks like the most demented version of Santa Claus you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. His tank's gotten uh, gotten up there in years. He's definitely he's definitely been a little bit weird. Big John separating the two, standing it back up. Like, are these two friends? Because I mean, 
I, they have I mean, what right? I normally do with oh, my friends wow. is... <laughs> wow, Jimmy I, Mullen has got... Uh, his eye is not looking good. Yeah, it's it's rather uh, rather jacked up. There is three minutes and 30 seconds left. I got a feeling that this, this fight might not go on. I mean, it's 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 tough. That eye is really bad, and it's on the verge of, you know, a couple more punches. That thing could burst. Yeah, and you, one thing you do not want to have happen to you is your eye burst. Yeah, it's not good. It's not, the old uh, it's eye the bursting. Alan, it's is the usually... Alan Ray injury. Ugh, that's don't Google that. Anyone no, listening? It's yes, an not, unbelievably disgusting that. injury. Yeah, that's uh, one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. If you want to see somebody's eyeball hanging, then uh, check it out. But otherwise, I don't think I want to. Yeah, no, that's the right decision. For 100% yeah. sure that's the right decision to not want to see somebody's eyeball hanging outside of their head. And that didn't happen. I was, I'm trying to think. That didn't happen the same year that Louisville's dude leg exploded, did it? I don't think so. Oh, well, okay. we're going to keep going on with this fight. All right. And I think Ferrazzo's got to just go right to that eye and end this thing, right? Yeah, you would think. And he's, uh, he's throwing some punches. Oh, Jesus. Oh, a little spinning back fist. Oh, my God. Oh. And Scotty, knee to the eye, and it's over. I mean, and yeah. It's... Big John. Big John's got to save him in that situation. Yeah, that's uh, that's the right decision. And Scott seems like he's sympathetic towards the plight. He's going to help. Well, I thought he was going to help Mullen up, but Mullen is just uh, you know, it's a little shake of hands from one gladiator to another. I can't wait. I, after this, I'm definitely have to go back and watch if they have the post-fight interview with Rogan and Scott Ferrazzo just to hear what what Ferrazzo had to say about his performance. Well, Scotty's bleeding too. So yeah, it's it's definitely not. He definitely didn't leave that match unscathed, despite his dominance. Yeah. Oh man, Jim Mullen. Oh my goodness, he is a uh, worse for wear after that battle with Big Scotty F. Chris, you don't want to get in the cage with Scott Ferrazzo if you're not ready. I've done it before, and I came out, you know, pretty much the same as I went in. <laughs> pretty much the same. Although, in fairness, I was wearing a back for more T-shirt and absolutely nothing else. So, well, I mean, so Scotty was hesitant to get too close. Oh my God, Jim Mullen! Poor Jim Mullen. This is took a beating. And by the way. Uh, Ferrazzo and Tank Abbott are still laying in the ground as this other video plays. <laughs> Tank has got like a, a rear choke on Ferrazzo. I don't. It, this doesn't feel like the the kind of thing where you're going to see tap outs. Like I don't know if there's there is like some sort of makeshift referee, but uh, yeah, I don't. This does not feel like a tap out kind of d. Oh, Tank just. Wailing on the back of the head of Scott Ferrazzo as, as Scotty lays on the ground. <laughs> I like how this became this. This is UFC commentaries slash also backyard commentaries. I Look, love it. It's all about Scott Ferrazzo. This is <laughs> if if this is going in any direction whatsoever. Like this is becoming a Scott Ferrazzo centric podcast. I'm I'm more than okay with that. All right, this fight she's done. The other fight she goes on. But uh, what is our next fight in the heavyweight tournament? It is the other semifinal between uh, a 19-year-old Vitor Belfort All right. and a also debuting Trey Telegman. All right. Let's, uh, let me know when you're prepared to continue. Ready to go. 
And we shall. All right, so a couple of we got a couple of babies in this one. The Vitor Belfort or any does anybody really versus Trot Legman? Yeah, that's uh, some interesting names. Does anyone really continue on? Like, do we? Is this the beginning of anyone? Vitor Belfort is a future champion and okay. still fights in the UFC today. All right, and I still have my my phone on and uh, getting text messages, so I apologize to the listeners for that. Yeah, Teligman, Teligman you see again. He, he definitely appears a few more times in the UFC. Um, Vitor, Vitor went on to have a pretty pretty historic career. He's had a couple title shots. Uh, he was a light heavyweight champion at one point. Um, you know, he fought in the UFC, fought in Pride. I think he has one more fight on his UFC contract, and then once that is completed, he's commented about moving on to another organization where he can continue to fight. He's sort of in that weird legends role, mm-hmm. you know, where he's still a name. Like, the the, the casual fan's going to know Vitor Belfort, like, you know, just from randomly turning on UFC, whether it's highlight shows, whether it's, um, you know, uh, random fight night cards. He's, he's a guy that appears in a lot of those highlight packages. And he's, you know, a devastating puncher, real quick hands, just a... Uh, this you guy know, looks like a, he's got a tumor. A, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, go, go ahead and read this, and then we'll go into Trey Telegman. Trey Telegman is a submission fighter, and the bullet points, I don't want to call them facts, the bullet points are joint locks, chokeholds, takedown, and ground game. And by the way, let's talk about Tank Abbott's ground game right now, throwing knees to the head of Scott Ferrazzo, who has not moved for uh, quite some time, and... Uh, both guys are wearing shirts, which I can appreciate, although they're probably both in their late 40s, early 50s at this point. Yeah, that can't be good. We got a UFC flashback, flashback from UFC 3, Gregory, and uh, that gentleman is pounding that. This is Hoist Gracie versus Kimo Leopoldo from September 9th, 1994. <laughs> what a weird flashback. I'm, I'm wondering how this ties into what's going on, and it seems like in no way whatsoever. I mean, this is... Unless it... Unless... Someone is is associated with the other uh, somehow, and maybe they're going to point out like Vitor Belfort was, you know, in, in Gracie's corner. Yeah. No, we're just doing random flashbacks. That's that was what what so was that? The only person that was really relevant to it was the fact that Big John was there. <laughs> Big John witnessed that fight, and he's going to witness the ones coming up. I guess so. What am I seeing right now? This is this is Vitor Belfort highlights oh from other other organizations. Also, that official is amazing. <laughs> what do you mean in the, in the muscle t-shirt? <laughs> yes, amazing. Yeah, he's he's a good one. Vitor has got the cauliflower ears if ever anyone had. He does and this is this is early for cauliflower ear, honestly. I wonder if it, man, I want to see one of them we saw that that one cauliflower ear pop in the uh, in the, the, the who was it the the lost episode that was uh, Kimbo Slice James Thompson Kimbo Slice yeah R I P Kimbo yeah for sure R I P Ronda Rousey uh, well that's that's not accurate that's not even close to accurate I'm not here for facts Greg I guess I'm pretty confident that <laughs> Sal the stockbroker from Howard Stern uh, walking to the right of. Vitor Belfort. I can't confirm that, but we're not here for facts. We just said that. You, that's exactly right. You know what? I can I can say that Ronda Rousey was still alive uh, as of a couple of month, months ago. I caught an episode of Battle of the Network Stars, which ABC oh, yeah. brought back for a four-episode series. 
This was the first one. It was the only one I had any interest in. And uh, it was TV sitcom kids versus TV sitcom parents. I don't remember exactly. But the likes of Nolan Gould, who plays Luke Dunphy from uh, Modern Family. Uh, two of the, I don't know, the, I don't know, old TV shows. The the girl who is Ali Machalka's sister. Uh, who else was there? The dude from High School Musical, Corbin Blue. Corbin Burnson? <laughs> no. Oh, I'll tell you who was there. Bronson Pinchot from... From Perfect Strangers? From Perfect Strangers on the same team with Dave Coulier from Full House. Amazing. Oh, and, uh, and Joey Lawrence. Oh, uh, Belfort, 19, 205, 6 foot from Maria de Janeiro, and Taligman, 32, 233, 6'2 from Dallas, Texas. Yeah, it was uh, not interesting, if is one way to put it. Uh, I want to know how Ronda Rousey was on there. She was one of the she was one of the team coaches, along with uh, NFL defensive end, former NFL defensive end. Oh God, I want to say Jason. That wasn't Jason. that dude. Really, Teligman needs to see a physician because he has a very large tumor in his upper chest. What a weird wait. What am I seeing? Like, I I think I think there's some sort of. Like, his pec is missing, yeah, if that makes sense. It looks like he has had some significant surgeries. I can't remember. I did – I researched this a very, very long time ago. And I'm, when I say that, I mean, like, the early 2010s. Like, probably back then is when I looked up what it was. And I can't remember exactly what the situation was, whether it was, like, an injury that caused it or it was just a birth defect okay. where well, he's I... just missing a pec. I I apologize for for making light of the situation now that I realize that there's actually something physically wrong. I thought it was just like a weird like weird muscle formation because I didn't even notice the pack originally. I just noticed like, you know, it, he's got like you most people have like a six pack in that situation, but it's kind of like he's got the upper half of the six pack. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little weird looking. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's I'm gonna have to Google Kurt Shearer and find pictures of him because he looks just like Michael Scott, and I, I can't get it out of my head. Do we see? Uh, yeah, this is. I can't see anything else but the fact that he's missing a pack. We we do see Teligman again uh, a couple times. He, he's he's one of the guys that sticks around for the beginnings of of like when they actually develop real weight classes and things like that. Oh Belfort is God. just. I mean, this is. But yeah, he is a monster. Like this yeah, is a, I, a monster of a human being. 19-year-old Vitor Belfort, and then Ooh. as he continues, oh, some of the fastest hands you're going to see ever in, in mixed martial arts, just able to get punches off so quickly. And punches really and bunches, just, Gregory. Punches yeah, and Yeah, bunches. exactly. Really just, just punishes guys. Yeah. And then... Uh, Teligman's trying not to die. Mid-30s Vitor when uh, the UFC still allowed testosterone replacement therapy, which oh, was okay. essentially... More or less legalized. Well, that's a weird hand placement for Teligman. Uh, and a very bloody hand at that. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. This L yeah. this has to stop. He's, <laughs> Big John needs to get in here. Why would he come back after this? I would never I, fight again. Yeah, I don't Go know. Go into knitting or crocheting at some point. Like, that seems more your more your up your alley trait. Yeah. Vitor looks just like, he looks like he enjoyed that. I mean, he's he's a fighter. That's that's kind of what he. It's almost like he was born to fight. You with don't the, see with that a lot kind of people with bloody bloody elbows. No, not usually. 
Like that's a sign that oh my god. Yeah, that's a uh that is a that is a bad situation for Yeah, you can see the scars. So there was definitely some kind of surgery. Yeah. And uh, and probably surgeries immediately following this fight as well. Yeah, I feel like if the fight's bad enough to be stopped via cut, there's some plastic surgery that's getting that's going to fix up that cut uh, nicely. That was Jesus. Straight beatdown, straight beatdown, Chris. That's about the best way to explain it. Well, this sets up an an interesting matchup between Vitor Belfort. Well, is that the? Do we see Belfort versus Frazzo at this point? Yes, we do, buddy. All right. Where we got? We got Belfort versus Frazzo, and then and then we have the Mark Coleman-Dan Severin battle, and Dan Severin's always fun, but this is only 13 minutes. I'm interested in this Belfort-Frazzo fight because it does go almost 15 minutes, and that doesn't seem like Belfort's style. Being doesn't the, seem like Frazzo's style. Being the Vitor Belfort expert that I am. By the way, up next in Fight Pass, Greg, if we want to hang around for this one, we can watch Vitor Belfort versus Trey Telegman. Oh, well. Up Let's, next. Well, I don't want to give up that opportunity. No, I, I wouldn't. I think we go back and definitely rewatch that. Let me know when you're ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Alright, so what else do we have here? As I... Because the uh, the Tank Abbott-Scott Ferrazzo fight did end. By the way, these are two of the most different types of uh, fighter that we could possibly imagine in Ferrazzo and Belfort here. Scott Ferrazzo looks my uncle up with in Port Richmond. Don Just big round, big round face. I can't. He really looks like all of my uncle's friends. I, I can't. I can't stress it enough. Ah, Hoist Gracie versus an undefeated Kung Fu fighter in underground MMA fighting. I like how you're watching some sort of random separate fight as well as this. Yeah, I have some other stuff. There's a Tank Abbott versus a a fighter named Cabbage. Oh, yeah. I think we see Cabbage. We definitely see Cabbage. We definitely see Cabbage in the UFC. Gregory, this I'm interested in. This is Rick Steiner talking about the Tank Abbott fight. Stop it. This is true. 53,000 people have watched this video. How can they be in the same place at once, Chris? God, Joe Rogan, that's... Well, any stadium in the country could accommodate 53,000 people, but... um, Yeah, Rick Steiner. Wow, Rick Steiner's got himself some cauliflower ears as well. Well, years of amateur wrestling will do that. And... Being in the the real estate business, it is hilarious seeing a young Joe Rogan do it's these backstage crazy. interviews. And who's this other gentleman? Who's this gentleman talking? I about? believe he is part of uh, Farazzo. Fra- it's got to be Farazzo, right? I know it's Belfort. No, yeah, it's Belfort. Yeah, the guy, everybody's shirt says Vitor Belfort. Okay. Rogan does not look super comfortable at this point in his new role. Yeah, I feel, I feel I felt that. I felt a little bit of uncomfortability in his face. All right, well, this is going to be different. Tale of the tape. Belfort Jiu-Jitsu 19205 six foot. Ferrazzo pit fighting, a cousin of trap fighting. Thirty-two years old, three hundred and twenty-three pounds, five foot eleven. I would hope that Ferrazzo is able to use that 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 weight advantage. I don't see Ferrazzo being able to just push Belfort to the to the cage like he did with Mullen. He did with Mullen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. 
Because I, I, I don't Bel- think... I want to know what Belfort's saying. Well, he... Well, first of all, I'm assuming Victor Belfort's Russian, right? Uh, he's Brazilian. Brazil. Well, because he's from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And that, that makes him Brazilian, Greg. That would do it. So I'm not going to do a bad, uh, bad Brazilian impersonation. But I would just imagine that he's saying something like, Frazo has no right being in the ring with me. He is more than almost twice my weight. And I will make short business of him. Yeah, you're probably close. Scott Frazo. <laughs> I just have a... On the, I, I just, it makes me laugh. Because on my other screen, I just have a, a screen cap, a frozen image, caught in time. Of Rick Steiner, thinking, <laughs> pensively looking to the side, thinking about it. And here comes Tank Abbott. We just watched <laughs> Tank Abbott fight a backyard fight against Scott Ferrazzo. like to know what he has to say about that, even though it's going to happen some, uh, like, 19 years in the future. <laughs> so, I like, don't did, think did, he, did he think at this point, at one time, during a cookout, I'm going to have what I imagine was an imp- impromptu fight against Scott Ferrazzo. Tank, by the way, seems like a, like a fairly happy, jolly guy. Why is Tank Abbott's beard, like, soaking wet? There was just water that came off of it. Look, I'm, I don't know. Maybe he was drinking out of a water bowl. But I'm not – we're not going <laughs> to question him. Like, this – I'm – Scott Fra- – I'm not Scott Frazzo. Scott Frazzo as well. But Tank Abbott is winning me over here. He seems like a, a good, good – just good, happy dude. Just happy He's a good dude. third guy in the booth. Steiner, Frazzo, Tank Abbott, three-way fight. Let's make this happen. Pride California, Greg. I still think I, I I give Rick Steiner the advantage. Really? Well, he was a he's got like proper wrestling experience, right? Yeah, that's where that's where I'm at. Just avoid the big swinging punches. Uh, easier said than done. I guess. Victor Belfort, Vitor or Belfort. Vitor, whatever. Victor, look, I just that is me just looking into the future. By that's why Victor. you went Russian because you thought his name was Victor. I understand. That's, that's probably true. And you know, if we've learned anything. They are well, – I was going to make a Harry Potter reference, but it just wasn't going to work out for me. So whatever. Victor Crumb, Greg. Victor Crumb. <laughs> I see no – I see more of a resemblance in Tank Abbott uh, to Victor Crumb than I do Vitor Belfort to Victor Crumb. I, it, we're not going physical appearances here. We're just going, we're just going names, and uh, Vitor and Victor are you know, relatively close. And really, oh, they're very close. Really yeah. falling off the rails at this point. <laughs> it's just uh, this is this is uh, literally one of the more interesting UFCs I think we've watched so For sure. far. For sure, Frazo looks like like a like a superintendent of like a high school. I was like a like a disgraced gym teacher. <laughs> well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, to go that route, but sure. You know, you know what else is interesting here for the for the Greg uh, Crone, Chris Horwardell historians, the podcast historians who have followed our careers all the way back. There was, I mean, we're looking back what like, like eight, seven, eight years ago that maybe even longer that there was yet another Harry Potter reference on a podcast. Yeah, I hijacked a basketball podcast and just started reading Harry. Potter. You, you, that was. That actually might be closer to 10 years ago. I was thinking you, that, but Jesus. You read chapters of a Harry Potter book while we did a three-man NBA, NBA podcast. 
Yes. That, in the summer, in between one of my years of college. That uh, that third person will not be talked about. And you're right, it was the summer. I believe, much like now, we were in the sweltering heat, again, on the, the second floor of, of my home, and uh, my former home in Kunshak in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, it was It was rather hot in that room. <laughs> that Then that happens. It will never... It, the, the, the highlight of that summer of podcasting yep. was... Uh, when one uh, gentleman, mm-hmm. um, who well, should not be named, it's probably a stretch, but person. sure, um, started talking about, I believe at the time, Bino Udrich was uh, on the Kings. Sure. And I had never heard of that person uh-huh. in my life. And he's like, well, I knew who that was. Why are you here? And I said, I'm not here to be the stats and facts guy about the NBA. That's not that's not my job. That will forever stand out to me. In that that other person who we're not going to name was kind of a dick. Well, sure. I guess. I have no problem with him. I, I have significant problems with him. Oh, Jesus. But, but that's fine. We're not here to, here to drag up these kind of uh, bad memories. We're here to watch Vitor Belfort kick the poop out of Scott Ferrazzo. This sounds like a post-podcast fallout discussion. I mean, I'm more than happy to discuss it with you. Have I never told you that story? No. Okay. I have no right, clue. We'll talk, we'll talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> Even better. Remind Ferrazzo, me. Remind Ferrazzo, me. somebody should have told him to change his outfit in between fights because it's got, just not good. Got a piece of lettuce on his face, Greg. <laughs> He's got to cover up that cut, Chris. He must. <laughs> Bolander, or not Bolander. Um, did he fight in the first round? Mullen. Uh, Jim Mullen must have got him a little bit in that first, in that first fight. So these are... Probably two of the most different physiques you're ever going to see squaring off. What do you mean a shredded, jacked 19-year-old Vitor Belfort and a... A canola salesman uh, from uh, (laughs) from New York. Like Sheboygan, yeah. And Ferrazzo doesn't seem as interested in, like, throwing these giant haymakers with this this crazy monster 19-year-old. That was a nice fake step forward, though. He really put... Oh, Jesus. Oh, my. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this is not a position Scotty is comfortable with. Scotty is... Uh, Belfort landed two punches and Franz was on his back. Taking, yeah. And, oh, Oof. my God. Oh. Back control, just digging, pounding shots. That's, I mean, And it's yeah. over. Oh. Yeah. We've got... Oh. And Scotty's oh. not ready for it to be over. Post fight. Scotty's not ready, but they are just... They're Scott Frazzoing <laughs> him up against the cage. <laughs> Ferrazzo, Ferrazzo seems to always have some sort of issue at the end of fights. I don't understand this. It's possible in the, he's a bit of a sore loser. Also, in, I'm getting a phone call right now, Gregory, from the number 222-222-2222. That seems legit, Chris. You might want to answer it. Yeah, I think I've probably won a lot of money. All of Brazil very excited for Vitor Belfort's tournament victory at UFC 12. Yeah, and I think I think we're gonna go up. We're getting hugs. Okay, good for him. Good for him. Scotty, Scotty's happy for Vitor. Yeah. The pit I ball. mean, just just unbelievable. What a what what a what a finish oh to the to the second tournament. It, Don Fry just really He's in just everyone's always corner. Always around. He really is. Respect that. Actually, Don he, Fry is sitting in the corner as I record this podcast. Don Fry is going to somehow sneak his way into Vitor Belfort's camp. No, it's probably the better decision. Oh, it's definitely the better decision, but, you know. 
UFC legend Scott Ferrazzo. I believe UFC Hall of Famer Scott Ferrazzo. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. But Pretty sure I would go that far, Greg. I'm not, I'm not going to doubt it. Why is Val Venus in the ring? Like, I don't know what those words mean. Oh, uh, Val Venus from the w- No, whatever. Never mind. Scott Ferrazzo. You understand. Where is he now? From uh, Sherdog.com. What year was that published? That was, this is an article from September 13th, 2012. Scott Ferrazzo has established himself as a man to see for those having trouble securing a car loan. Oh. Wait, what? Amazing. Amazing. Scott Ferrazzo has established himself as a man to see for those having trouble securing a car loan in Minneapolis. I'm pretty confident there is that, that, that like, if you gave me, like, five guesses, I would have gotten that accurately. Uh, holding court daily at a local dealership, as he's done for most of his adult life, the 47-year-old UFC 8, UFC 11, and UFC 12 veteran sells and finances vehicles to his fellow Minnesotans. So that, that means this is the last time we'll see Scott Ferrazzo gracing our television. I've always sold cars. That's what I've always done, Ferrazzo told Sherdog.com. When I was fighting, that's what I did. I sold cars and had a good time doing that. Selling cars is really how I make my living. I mean, Chris, I think it's time for a field trip to Minneapolis. Uh, oh, agreed. Uh, Ferrazzo's voice rings with fatherly pride when he speaks of his children. My 13-year-old daughter is a cheerleader, he said. I can only imagine she's a great-looking gal. In eighth grade, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they offered her a chance to be on the varsity team. She's quite the athlete, too. I like that Ferrazzo is suggesting that he is quite the athlete. I don't, I don't know if he meant, like, as well as him or in, in like, you know, in conjunction with being a cheerleader. Uh, or in his other children, but I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we, need, we need to go get a clone from Scott Ferrazzo in Minneapolis. Let's just hope that he didn't hear me talk about his now, well, his now 19-year-old daughter. Oh my God! I, I see. I see your post podcast activities is Facebook stalking Scott Ferrazzo. Uh, no, I'm probably probably gonna move on with my day after this is over. But it's a fun little aside while Vitor Belfort is talking about his fairly easy win in this heavyweight. Yeah. Game. What are? The, let me ask you a question. Do you know what the what the criteria is to be both lightweight and heavyweight because Vitor Belfort, like he's a big guy, but he's not like a giant guy. I believe the lightweight was under 200 pounds and the heavyweight was 200 and above. And Belfort was like, like 205 or something. Yeah. He couldn't have been much more than that. I don't remember what the tail of the tape said. Which of these people is not like the other in our screen right now? <laughs> Do you mean the lady? Exactly. <laughs> Or the, I figured that's what you meant, Chris. The the giant black fella with, with the ski cap on, in the in the mix of a bunch of Brazilians. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things. All right, well, we've got another minute here of Vitor Belfort uh, talking about his championship. Let's let's go ahead and get out of this. Let's go to our last fight. We've got Mark Coleman and Dan Severin. In the night's main events. The For the inaugural heavyweight championship of the UFC. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this goes. And yeah, we figured we figured minutes. why not why not bring this one and not sit through a fifteen minute decision for two guys that we'd probably never see again, or if we do see it, they're not very important. And we don't even know if they uh, they sell car loans. You know, <laughs> I, I know. Loans. Let me know. Oh man, that is a uh, a, a hulking picture of one 
oh, I guess that may be from this fight. I don't know what FOTN means, but a fight of the night. Mm-hmm. Mark Coleman and Dan Severin. All right, well, when, whenever you're ready. I'm waiting for it to load. Ugh. Why does it say slow? Go fast. What does slow mean? I don't know what slow means. Uh, it's not clear. Who cares? Oh great! I'm having I'm having technical difficulties, oh! Chris. Oh, Jesus! You are not a professional like me. When I blow your ears out, I apologize. Let's see. While we're while we're waiting for Gregory, let's uh, let's let's read more about this Scott Ferrazzo article. The lengthy backyard brawl. Oh, that's this is actually I think they're talking about the Tank Abbott and Frazzo fight. There you go. The 47-year-old Frazzo's name made the rounds in the MMA newswire in 2011 when rumors began to circulate regarding a match with David Tank Abbott, also known as Gregory Mark Tank Abbott. The two brawlers originally fought in UFC 11 in 1996 as Frazzo took a unanimous decision after 15 minutes at the Augusta Civic Center in Augusta, Georgia. They agreed to the rematch 15 years later. But after the local boxing commission disapproved of their chosen venue, the fight would wind up taking place in October in a leaf-littered backyard somewhere in Ohio. Filmed for the internet, it lasted 18 minutes. Abbott controlled much of the action, but did little damage. Frazzo can be heard taunting Tank as he absorbed blows. Nope. You can't hurt me, said Scott Frazzo. The lengthy backyard brawl proved nostalgic for some old-school fight fans, and it was quite an impressive physical feat for Ferrazzo. A year earlier, he... Oh, wow. A year earlier, he nearly lost his leg due to a serious staph infection he contracted while mowing his grass. Be sure. It nearly killed him and left him immobilized in the hospital for more than a month. I spent 40 days in the hospital, and they amputated most of my foot, (laughs) Ferrazzo said. My foot was just shredded. It looked like a shark had come by and bit it. That's how bad it was. They were going to amputate my leg, but did a good enough job that they only took most of my foot. By the way, what kind of position do you find yourself in where you're like, they did a good enough job, they only took most of my foot? That's when you get a staph infection from mowing your lawn. I'm never cutting my grass again. I know that for sure. That's pretty obvious. It took about five or six months to recover before I was really able to walk again and resume my life. Ferrazzo claims that the battle with staph infection resulted, when you <laughs> resulted in him becoming diabetic. Okay, uh, I'm not sure about the, the, the A plus B equals C of that, but which led to another procedure, gastric bypass surgery, the following spring. Are you, uh, he was are you pres- telling me we have a skinny Scott Ferrazzo walking around Minneapolis selling cars? To cope with the pain associated with two surgeries and developed a full-fledged addiction. Things are spiraling downhill quickly for Scott Ferrazzo, but I can't wait to see what happens next. I got hooked on painkillers, Ferrazzo said, adding that he had never smoked or done drugs in his life. For going the usual methods of rehabilitation in the 12-step program, Ferrazzo quit on his own after a morning revelation spurned him to act. I woke up one morning. Lo- I first thought, where's my Percocet, he said. From the moment on, I knew that I was hooked on that drugs. So I quit cold turkey that day. We're losing feet. We got opioid addictions. What is going on? I know, right? Insane. Oh, look, are you uh, ready Scott. to get this going? Are you? Yeah, let's do this. Thank you. Because there's a lot more of this article. Let's get this. This is the... Uh, our championship fight now going on with uh, the tail of the tape. Mark Coleman, 32, 240, 6-1 from Columbus, Ohio. Dan Severin, 38, 260, 6-2, Coldwater, Michigan. 
I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, Dan Severn being 38 years old, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and continued his MMA career well into his 40s and possibly even 50s. Scott, Scotty F. was already 31 years old when he made his MMA debut in 1996. I love this. This is this is this is this is a boxing feel to it. The the Coleman the Coleman uh, group walking behind him with his UFC titles, uh, his UFC I think nine and ten championships behind him. Look, this is the most amazing article I've ever seen. I was one of those guys that when I played football back in the day, I was the most violent and feared guy on the field, Ferrazzo said. If you looked at me wrong, I was kicking your ass. That's just how it was. And then fighting came along through a series of coincidences. I got into the UFC. Look at this. This woman is praying. She is praying, and uh, she looks like um, it starts with an R. Oh, not going to come up with it. Well, Is it Rachel Yucatel? I, I, I'm familiar with I, that name, but could not tell you who that person was. It, it doesn't look like her. I don't know why that name popped in my head. But No, it's Rebecca. Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart? Rebecca Gayhart? Is that it? Maybe. Sure. I don't know. Regardless, I'm going to link her romantically to Scott Ferrazzo. That's fine. Here comes Severin. Metrex, the sponsorship he wears with pride. This has been a, this has been an interesting episode of the podcast today, Greg. I mean, it really has. We've had a lot of weird fights. I, I don't know. A lot of weird fights. A lot of weird personal information about Scott Ferrazzo and his half foot. <laughs> his opioid addiction. He's like the half he, he man, did, Greg Tyrion Lannister. He, he did the Shawn Michaels, uh, where he he just decided one day to to quit all of his addictions. What is going on with that dude's hair? Well, I mean, he's a great man. He's a great, I want Apparently. to see Severin and Fry have a mustache contest. Uh, well, like who could grow it better? Yeah, and also include Dan Hyman in that. I don't think I've ever seen him with a mustache. Hyman? Yeah. Really? Maybe. Hyman Maybe was rocking a mustache back for uh, for the Movember a couple of years ago, and it was pretty spectacular. I see him like once a year, and it's usually in July. When you're kicking his butt on the basketball court. Sure. Uh, I'm talking to two-time three-on-three champion Greg Crone. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've won four times, and we've won a six overall, but I'm not counting. Wait, you just said you've won four times and six overall. How does that work? We've won four in a row. Okay. Well, that's only and, because I've been in a different state. And also, and, uh, and I've been a part of four winning teams, but there were two where I was away. Uh, one was that in Oregon. does not count. I, I said us as a team have won six. No, no. You've won four. You're not part of a team if you're in another state. In that in that case, I'm counting myself as part of that team, and I'm also a six-time <laughs> champion. That's not, that's not how this works. I'm photoshopping myself into the picture, so that is how it works. Oh, <laughs> uh, Chris, I guess. It's going to be a super crude Photoshop <laughs> where I'm at least – it looks like I'm at least four feet taller than all of you. <laughs> That's how we won. That's that's true. Did you did you see the picture of uh, of Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns at the ESPYS? Yes, I did. Oh my God, Embiid looks like four inches taller than that guy, right? I mean, yeah. part of it's the hair, but wow. It's yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And uh, if Embiid can stay healthy, that's that's going to be. Those are two of the best centers in the league by far. 
Hey, Gregory, forward. we're here on uh, on July 13th, 2017. I'm going to make a prediction for next summer. And I'll, I'm holding through to this because I, I genuinely think it's going to happen. And it's a, it's pretty crazy and it's pretty out there, Gregory. Come next summer, let's say next uh, next June, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, you know, now rid of the contracts of Amir Johnson and uh, and uh, J.J. Redick and a couple of those others, add a free agent by the name of LeBron James. Stop. I'm saying it's going to happen. Okay. Feel it's, free, Chris. No, Feel I'm, free to I've, predict that. I've predicted LeBron every step of the way in his career, just an FYI. And I'm telling you, the tea leaves are lining up here. He's, this is going to be just like when LeBron went to, went to Cleveland because – now, this part of this is contingent upon, you know, both Simmons and Fultz playing, you know, very, as well as they can as rookies, and Embiid staying healthy. If those three things happen, Philadelphia gives LeBron James the best chance to catch Michael Jordan in his record for championships. I mean, I guess, yeah. But again, Jordan's not the record holder for championships. But nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about those old Boston Celtics teams. I mean, I guess. Like, everybody wants... Chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan, I believe, was the phrase. Yeah. Which is odd, because Michael Jordan's very much alive. Yo, no joke, dude? Yeah. Some lady just walked up on or onto my porch, okay, and there's a box a... there, and she tried to steal an empty box. Oh, well, that's the, the town you live in. I'll do you a favor and not mention what that is. Dude, And do, do myself another favor, and marking a cut point for... This is shot at the point of the podcast and cut out your, your F word. So, sorry about that, Chris. No, Mark Coleman has Dan Severin from behind. Things are getting strange here. Unbelievable what just happened. Yeah, so uh, my wonderful girl, girlfriend used to live in Philadelphia and right by the Penn campus. And would just anytime anything was left on her on her doorstep any delivery like it would almost always get stolen yeah see we've never had a problem with that um because we have a gate and you have to walk up a set of stairs wait somebody walked in oh yeah she walked she left my front gate open i can see it oh that's nice she walked up and in and then picked the box up realized it was empty and then as i i heard something bang behind me because it's literally like i'm sitting on the couch and the window's right behind me Mm -hmm. And I heard the box hit the ground, and then as I came back. Now, I'm kind of fascinated to know what would have happened in an alternate universe where that woman picks the box up. There's something in it and starts walking away. Oh, well, I wouldn't have left it there. But in an alternate universe, I would have absolutely walked out there and cracked her. Not like so you're, you're just saying, just for the record, just I would have started no, yelling no, 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 no. at Let's her take a sec. Back one second here. I would have been cracking wise. No, just for the record, you would, you're saying that you would have walked out of your house and punched that woman in the face. <laughs> that's not what I said. You I would said have started crack. cracking wise at her, Chris. That's, uh, that's very revisionist. Either way, this, Mark, Mark Coleman has a nice Don't neck crank on Dan Severin. <laughs> this podcast has gone off the rails. People are trying to steal non-existent packages off my front porch. This is the whole thing. I'm going to start hiring people to just walk onto your front porch, pick something up, put it down, and leave. While we do the podcast? Just in general life to mess with you. Dude, I can't believe that just happened. Mark <laughs> Coleman really, really cranking on Severin's neck here. Yeah, and Severin kind of like 
awkwardly punching Coleman in the ear. He's what, trying to punch oh, you out tap. of it. This is it. We're done. Mark Coleman, your first ever UFC heavyweight champion. And tried to jump. Almost jumped out of the ring. That's what he's here for. His leaping ability. I got to shut my gate. <laughs> Dog. So I guess it's just me and you right now, um, podcast listener. Gregory has moved on with his day. He's going to be shutting his gate. And I'm back. Some... Oh, now he's back. Unbelievable, Chris. We almost had a potential robber. The whole situation. There were Mark there... Coleman's your UFC heavyweight champion. We have the debut of Victor Belfort, also Vitor Belfort. Mark Coleman's a champion. Kurt Shearer was here. This woman is is incredibly happy. Mark Coleman's wife, let's say, but I've also... That's my assumption. I've yeah. also romantically linked her to Scott Ferrazzo, so there's that. That guy's eating nachos behind her. There's nachos. There was a, a Four Horsemen sign. Lots of things have happened, and that's just a super weird abbreviation for heavyweight. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <sighs> I don't know. This is this is going in a weird direction today, and uh, there, there's just a lot of celebrating. Coleman, uh, a just a, a serious embrace with this guy. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but they are fans of each other. Yeah, I don't want to start any rumors, but... Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you already romantically linked his wife to Scott Ferrazzo. Do we need to ruin this family anymore? And suggested that Scott Ferrazzo's young daughter is an ugly-looking woman. Apparently, I mean, this, we had ourselves a day here, Chris. We absolutely did. We absolutely did. So that, okay. Okay, that's UFC 12... Uh, we have three three winners today. Uh, I don't remember who the lightweight one was. Uh, Jerry Bolander. Jerry Bolander was one. Uh, Vitor Belfort was the other, despite the fact that I think there's a six-pound weight difference between the two of them, if I remember correctly. It's not much. It's, I think it was 199 to 205, right? Yeah, probably. So we have a six-pound weight difference. Oh, man. Mark Coleman just uh, being gouged in the eyes. and What a, what a weird, weird... Still, that is. Um, Six-pound weight difference between our lightweight and heavyweight champions. We've got Mark Coleman trying to rip the head off of Dan Severin. He's our first ever heavyweight champion. Super excited about it at that. Uh, Mark Coleman's been a, a winner of one of the previous UFCs that we watched in the last couple of weeks. His career trajectory is on the rise. Oh, absolutely. Eventual Hall of Famer, Chris. Eventual Hall of Famer, Jerry Bublander. So that's been... Uh, the UFC commentaries, UFC 12 edition. I believe this was called Judgment Night. I'm Chris Horwardell. Day. Judgment Day, Judgment Good Night. I'm Chris Horwardell. He's Greg Crone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.